Happy Tax Day to those of you that live in the United States. This is Sean from Silicon Theory here, and these are all the goodies in tech that happened for the week ending April 15th, 2018. So a lot of goodness from Google these days, and most of it pertains to Android P, but let's talk a little bit about what was unpacked this week and see if there's some interesting or not interesting information here. So one of the major pieces of news was that a screenshot from an upcoming Android P feature looked to show that Google may be developing potentially a gesture-based interface for the UI and eliminating the nav bar and home buttons almost entirely. So the screenshot showed a back button and instead of a home button, it showed a little uh, pill-sized uh, animation at the bottom and the recents button in the nav bar was gone completely. Now. Most of you will know if you're using Android currently that this three button navigation bar in its current form has been with us for a couple of different generations. Um, most notably, the biggest change recently was it went from an outline form to uh, kind of a filled in form and previously things like the back button were an arrow pointing back and the recents button has been redesigned a couple of times as well. but. The long and the short of it is, is that button-based navigation has been kind of a hallmark of the Android UI for a very, very long time, whether it be physical keys, capacitive keys, or on-screen software navigation keys, all of them are still buttons. And with the release of the iPhone X, Apple famously had to get rid of their capacitive home button and developed a gesture-based UI navigation system to allow you to flick and scroll and swipe, and that would uh, allow you to navigate through all of the features and commands in the user interface. So it looks like that the developers of Android may be copying this. now. Does that mean it's necessarily a bad thing? Do we always think it's bad when Apple gets copied? No, not necessarily so. And in some ways, this could definitely be a very good thing and a very good development for Android P if it holds and if this rumor is actually true, which we don't have confirmation as of yet. But Google I.O. is coming in May, so we should know more very, very soon. But the end game for Android may be that the most recent problems with the Pixel 2 XL stemmed a lot from the screen. Some of them were related to burn-in, and some of that was definitely due to the nav bar and navigation buttons persisting after the screen had changed. If you have a gesture-based interface, those kinds of things go away. Now, the pill button may still suffer some burn-in, and the rumor is that the back button will be contextual, so it'll still be there, and um, Android has adopted a few newer features, especially with the current iteration in Android Oreo that allows the navbar buttons to fade out after a certain time to, all of those things were done to mitigate uh, persistence and screen burn-in. So uh, a movement towards a gesture-based UI might be more fluid, might be more intuitive over time, and it also might help with bad OLED panels uh, from burning in, or at least mitigate it somewhat. So. Again, not necessarily a bad thing that Android could be copying the Apple OS, but a lot of people will just think it's bad because it's coming from Apple. And I think that we've seen over time that when the Apple folks push iOS forward, that helps the development of Android and, and make its gains and its user development. And as Android leaps forward, then Apple has a tendency in iOS to copy some of those features too. So I think we, as the consumer, ends up benefiting in the long run from all of these kinds of quote unquote copycat features. But the real thing is, is will it help us use our phones better? Will it help us 
navigate our day-to-day lives better, and will it make things more uncomplicated for us? And hopefully, the answer is always yes. Apple Report. So of course, uh, now that we've talked a little bit about Apple, let's transition to some of the biggest Apple news of the week. Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, and Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, have had something of a war of words lately, and a lot of it stems from the data scandal surrounding the use of the data that Cambridge Analytica had access to. And you can argue properly, improperly, and whether or not people were judiciously or unknowingly giving their data to Facebook, but the biggest uh, relevant topic from this was Tim Cook basically came out and said, Apple does not commoditize the data of its users. We commoditize the phones and hardware that we manufacture. So we're not in a business of being in these kinds of data scandals to begin with. And Zuckerberg fired back and by saying, hey, I think it's important that we don't confuse people who are charging you nothing with people who are charging you lots of money for their hardware products. And they both kind of have a point. Tim is correct, Apple does not commoditize data, and their concept of differential privacy is something that they stand very stridently by. Those of you that have watched the news recently know that they refused even to grant law enforcement uh, authorized access to an Apple iPhone of the suspected San Bernardino shooter. So Apple's uh, stance on privacy is one that's very clearly delineated and one that they very much stick to. Now, Facebook and Zuckerberg have kind of the exact opposite. They're Uh, Stated aim is to collect as much data on you and your friends as they can get, not only to potentially connect you with those friends, but also to target you for advertising because they are a very large advertising network. And uh, there are pros and cons to both. Excuse me. So a lot of it depends on what your stance is and how you feel about your personal data. Apple feels that people should think of data and privacy as a human right, and that's not something that should ever be given up without careful thought and without careful deliberation. And Zuckerberg feels that Facebook has a right to ask you in exchange for all access to all of their free services to give up that privacy almost permanently and almost immediately. And there is uh, very truthfully a, a very finite point in the future coming where people are going to either start looking at their privacy and data differently than they do right now, or we're going to live in a world where privacy and data are things that are pretty much just given up almost at birth in exchange for all of these socially connected services that we have around us. And I don't know which of those two futures is better, honestly, but there is, um, there's going to be much more talk on this coming very, very soon. And we are all going to have to decide for ourselves by voting with our dollars whether we feel that Apple's approach or Facebook and to a certain extent Google's approach is the right one, the better one for us as citizens, as people of the world, and as potentially decision makers for the future of humankind. Everyone else report. Not a ton of other news surrounding everybody else, but I did want to touch just a little bit further on the Cambridge Analytica scandal and the uh, week-long interview by both the House and the Senate of Mark Zuckerberg. We have seen our government do these kinds of inquiries before, and not really much ever comes of it. And hopefully the level of attention that's been paid recently to Facebook and how they scrape data, how they share and manage that data, and all of the things that they've done to mitigate the illegal or improper access of our data since then will bring to the forefront of 
American and worldwide consciousness what it is that we're actually doing when we are signing up for these social network services. Uh, I heard on The Vergecast recently uh, some of the business practices of Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, is almost a social engineering style uh, presentation of the first time you log in, the first time you set up an account for Instagram. They're like, in big bold letters, hey, uh, share with us your information for contacts. And then there's a little tiny bit of letters that says, no, you can opt out of this if you want to. And clearly the presentation is, is they want access to that data because that's their business model. It's been described um, as growth at any and all costs. And when you're looking at advertising and you're looking at the business model that Facebook and Google have and being the biggest ad platforms out there, there's a certain amount of, hey, this is a corporation and they've built this business model, it's clearly successful, and who are we to argue with the free market economy? Well, who are we? We're the people who are giving up the data for those services. And I say that as an avid Google user. I have Android phones, I use Google accounts, I have almost all of my life tied up with Google's products and services. And for a very long time, I considered myself not someone of enough importance that Google would even give a crap about, and so why would I not want to give up my data because I'm getting access to unlimited storage with Gmail and Google Drive and Google Calendar and Google Play Music and all of these other things. And sometimes the giving up of that data allows the integration of these services and makes them much more beneficial to you than they might otherwise be if you were using something like Apple's differential privacy and lack of persistence of your personal data. Facebook is just the most common face, the most quote-unquote evil face of the day right now, but they are not the only one. And we really need to potentially, as I mentioned in the previous segment, start to take a look at what business model is going to be successful for us going forward and how we want to handle our data. The commoditization of our data is not something that is going to begin, it's already begun. And we need to make sure that we are getting fair value in equal measure for what we're giving up. And if you're okay with giving up your data for Google services, as a lot of people around the world do, then we need to do it in such a fashion as that our eyes are open to it and it's not this socially engineered uh, trickster style of giving up access to our data because by the time you've done it, it's already too late. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're new to the station, you can favorite or subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening to this to make sure you get all of our content. You can find all of our work at silicontheory.com. Check us out on social. We're a fun and interesting follow most of the time. We are at Silicon Theory on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, I did just spend 10 minutes ranting about social media, and I'm giving you my social media handle. Please forgive. You can also check out our video content. Just dropped a video recently about our top five inspirations for tech YouTubes. You can find all of that content over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, we will talk tech soon.